You're listening to Our Two Cents with the team from SGL Financial, building wealth for life. Steve Lewitt is the president of SGL Financial and Gabriel Lewitt is the CEO. They're here to discuss all the latest in financial news, trends, strategies, and more. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Our Two Cents. This is Gabriel Lewitt and Stephen Lewitt welcoming you to a wonderful new episode on a wonderful sunny day. I was thinking today, Gabriel, that I have a middle initial. I don't know why I've been thinking about this. Maybe because we were talking about it. What's your middle initial? I forgot what I named you. <laughs> Come Gab- on. David, right? I'm glad you got that right. Yeah, Gabriel David. I'm Stephen Richard. So, folks, this penny is Stephen Richard Lewitt, and it's a name I never use. People sometimes use their middle hey, names as if rich, yeah. Well, Richie? that's good. Richie? I like that. <laughs> good morning, everybody. That <laughs> was a... I'm Injury. sorry. I didn't know he, you were going there. I went off on a tangent <laughs> because I was just thinking about Good that. Good morning. What's your middle name? How are you today? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is your financial show talking about uh, middle names. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, hopefully you're out there doing great. And whether it's morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to the show, I hope you're doing well, and we are happy to have you with us. Yeah. We've got a good show lined up for you today. We are going to talk about uh, downsides of retirement that people either don't think about or that you don't hear about too often. Mm-hmm. And a, we're going to shed some light on those. Got a so long that, list. So that you have heard about them and you can prepare for those or think at least think through them a little bit and see how they may you know, impact you potentially in your retirement. So that's going to be one thing we're going to talk about here. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about after that is uh, what's your risk profile? Mm. Okay. Are you in alignment with your risk profile? What do you do if you and your spouse disagree? We're going to dive into different things related to risk and portfolio and investments, some really cool stuff there that we're going to cover. So you've got to tune into that. So stay tuned and are ready for that. And then we're going to round things out with a little bit of get to know Stephen Gabe. Love it. Which uh, is some, some of our favorite topics. Yeah. And if you and your spouse never disagree, then you can tune off on the <laughs> second part of the show. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, or at least hit mute for a few minutes and then tune back. <laughs> and then tune back in. <laughs> well, so let's go ahead and dive in here. What are downsides of retirement? Everyone thinks retirement is a time of uh, sunshine, rainbows, unicorns, well, it uh, is. rosy glasses it, it, and uh, fine wine. Well, it is. It, it, it is if, <laughs> if the rest of your life is in place. Uh, so that sounds pretty good. I mean, I like the, I'd like a fine glass of wine and a sunny day and a unicorn. Who and wouldn't? A, I love a unicorn. Yeah. We call it the unicorn <laughs> retirement plan. Uh, so, so, you know, folks, but what, what about the other side of the coin? And are there things that perhaps will surprise you that uh, you're not going to be happy with? or that are going to be maybe not so sunshiny, maybe a little rainy or cloudy. Or just a challenge. Yeah. So yeah. so these are some of the downsides that you don't typically think about in retirement, and we're going to shed a little light on those here this morning. Okay, so number one on the list is your net worth eh, becomes a little less relevant when you're in retirement. And here's what I mean by that. When you're in your accumulation years, a big focus is uh, how much money do you have saved? How much money do you have saved? How much equity do you have built up? Right? And, and that's a big, huge component. When you get into retirement, uh, for most of our clients, for most people we see, that number is not as important. 
anymore. Well, also doesn't mean it's not important at all. Mm-hmm. It just means it's not as important anymore. Also, net worth includes uh, other assets like real estate and jewelry, and uh, you know maybe own a business someplace apart, and that has no that has no bearing on cash flow when it comes to retirement. We have Gabriel. We have real estate owner clients whose net worth is tremendous and have no cash flow. Yeah. 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 So, so for most folks, they realize in retirement, uh, oh, wow, this number, uh, I guess that's cool, but uh, how much income can I get? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> right. And uh, the second part that's interesting about the net worth is uh, more often than not, when you start to um, you know, project forward retirement uh, projections, you see, oh, I'm going to have uh, $3 million or $5 million or $7 million when I turn age 85 or age 90. And I look at my clients and I say, is that how much you want to leave your kids? <laughs> they look at me and they're like, uh, well, they look at each other first. Husband looks to wife and wife. And they're like no. shaking their head, no. No. <laughs> uh, no, definitely not. So I said, so, so okay. <laughs> and so that's what I mean when I say it's not as important. What do people want to do? They want to spend their money. Mm-hmm. Most people want to spend their money in retirement. And so that's an interesting thing just as you think about building and building and building your net worth. Uh, keep in mind, the, is it doing for you what you want it to do? Or is it just money sitting in a bank account or sitting in your house? That's going to go to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so how do you solve that problem? Well, you, you figure out, well, you've got to have a plan, obviously, because without that, you're not going to be able to see what your future projected net worth is going to look like. Uh, but what, what component, uh, this is a test, mm. and what component of the plan is most important mm. when you retire? Couldn't be income. Mm, I like it. <laughs> yes, your income plan, guys, is going to be really, really key to that. So you've got to focus on income, 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 spending, spending, spending. I had one client look at me and she said, you're telling me I can spend? She looks at her husband and she's like, I have no problem spending. <laughs> I was like, well, we, you know, we got to talk that through. But yes, that's the idea. Yes, you've got to start spending your money. Exactly. And, so, and that's the opposite of building your net worth. It's bringing it down, but it's doing so with a purpose. Yeah. So we, we get a lot of people that come in and say, we want to talk about investments and growth rates and and well, that's all important, but what's important in retirement is switch of thinking. The thinking instead of accumulating assets and saying, how much are my assets growing by? It's, it, the switch is, I got assets, how much income can those assets produce for me so I can go out and have some fun? Absolutely. And that's gonna bring us to our next uh, downside that people may not tell you about, which is you might get bored, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Uh, you probably, you know, we're talking about, you know, wine and rainbows and unicorns and wish you <laughs> dream retirements. But what happens if you get bored mm. after you retire? That's a great question. And I, it's funny because, I mean, I'm not retired, obviously, mm. but I've taken a week and a half off for a vacation once. Uh, I couldn't tell you. When. Once, in a a w- once in a while. It's been a while. But I do remember very specifically at like the seven day mark. I'm like, all right, now what? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm about eight days. If you I, know, and I, I don't remember I have, having a two week vacation, but somewhere back there, I remember like in the second week, it's man, I'm, I can't wait. Get, yeah. I can't wait to get back to work. Yeah. And, and it's a little different if you know it's temporary versus permanent, but that's the, that's the question here is what if a downside is what if you get bored? So, so what do you do about that, dad? 
Um, what I do is, um, hmm, what do we do about <laughs> no, getting, you, getting bored? I know right? what you, I know what you do. You decide that, you know, folks, there's hmm. people out there that, um, work to live and then there's people out there to live to work. And I know which one I'm looking at right now. Yeah. I kind of <laughs> love, I kind of love working. Yeah. You know, well, uh, I enjoy it. Well, I, so that's one of the answers. So right? I, if, I never if, get bored. If here. work is your passion, right. Uh, whatever that might be. And you've got to find something that you're passionate about then you can do that either uh, full-time. Some, some of our retired clients realize they don't even want to be retired and they work more. Uh, you could do a part-time. You could volunteer. You've got to find something. Or the things that we talk a lot about, when very much related to this topic we were just talking about, about spending, is I ask this question, what if, if money were no object, Dad, right? If money were no, hypothetically for a moment. Surely. Because everyone's always going to be like, well, I can't do that. I can't, I can't afford that. So if money were no object, what would you really want to do? What's on your, you know, you call it a bucket list, but mm -hmm. what would you really do? Mm. You know, and think about that. Sit down and actually think about it. Don't just give me the, the half a second. Well, I just want to do a little something travel. Something that you're passionate no, really about. Really sit down and, well, okay, so you want to travel. Where? What would be a dream vacation that you've never done that you've always wanted to do regardless of how much it would cost mm. let's figure that out mm. okay that, that's great and this is your time to do it because when you're 80 and you haven't done it yet you're going to be like oh, i'm not i'm too tired or too old or too unhealthy no, or whatever no, no that's you know? not that's not true some people <laughs> at 80 are full of energy it, yes i should say yes very much depends on the yeah, person don't paint very that much picture, depends on the yeah. person uh, okay. Yeah. So the <laughs> end of boredom. Here's a philosophical statement for everybody and you, Gabriel. The end of boredom is the beginning of passion, or the beginning of passion is the end of boredom. So you like that, huh? That's um, deep. Uh, well, yeah. I, I kind As of. As quoted by Stephen R. R. Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> right. Take that all down, folks, and I'll autograph it for you, and that will mean nothing. Uh, so find, if you know, without passion in life, life becomes boring. It's just running from one thing to the other and nothing has meaning for you. Like I'm, and I, so are you, Gabriel, I can see it in you. Uh, we're passionate about our business, so we're never bored here. We might get tired, but we don't get bored. You know, so if I were somewhere and I'm getting bored, I'm going to go to my passion, which is I'll probably take my computer and go to the coffee shop or on the sit by the pool and I'll be writing for two or three hours and, mm -hmm. I, and I'll be happy as can be. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Well, uh, that's uh, really the key, the key is finding things that you want to do. Whether, I mean, look, if you have money that you want to spend, you've got to find a way to spend it. If you are interested in non-financial things, that's you know, obviously much easier. Um, you don't have to worry about the money side of things. And, and, and in some ways that brings me to my third downside that I want to talk about here today, which is you may feel guilty about spending your money. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, that's so so we're following a little daisy daisy chain trail here, you know, of, isn't daisy chain? Is that the thing you did back, girls do back in the day? Is that right? I'm not going there. Let's move on. What? Let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> um... So they're linked up. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, you're looking at me weird. No, no. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just moving on. Um, yeah, you might. You know, we talked about first of all, you've got to spend your money, right? If you if, if you want to don't 
if you don't want to leave a bunch of money to Why your would you feel guilty about spending money? Right. And then you got to create a bucket list how you're going to spend it. And then you still may not want to spend it because you feel guilty about it. It's like you're doing something you shouldn't be doing because all your life you scrimped and saved and, and put every penny away. And all of a sudden that, that boundary that is taken away from you. Right. Yeah. And so it's very, very common that people, regardless of amount of money that they have, big or small, even let's say you have $4 million saved up and you don't need it all for income, you might be feeling very guilty about taking ten or twenty or $30,000 that you could easily afford to spend and spend it, even though you've stated in your planning goals and objectives that you don't want to leave all your money to your kids. Yeah, I had a client that wanted to buy a Tesla, mm-hmm. and it was $120-some-thousand dollars. Uh, and he was about to pull the trigger, and he looked at me and said, I can't do this. I feel so guilty about spending this money. We had a long talk about that, and I felt like his therapist. And he eventually bought the car and just so happy with it. Yeah. Well, so that's that's the idea, right, is how do you get past that feeling of guilt and being open and available to spend your money? Uh, what are some strategies somebody can use there to get a, a, a away from that feeling of guilt? Right. Um, well, to have, you know, we always go back. You have to have a plan. You know, uh, because the plan is like a map. It's a roadmap. And when you find, you just follow the roadmap because the roadmap gets you where you want to go. And the, you know, the the game in life is I want to get from A to B. And how do I get to B and not worry about it and have a good time? Yeah. Well, so, so folks, that's another one there, you know, making sure that you don't feel guilty. And if you do feel guilty about spending your money, there's ways of, you know, um, working through that in your planning that will allow you, whether it's bucketing out a bucket of money that you can see in your plan, it will never impact you and your income or your legacy. So you feel more comfortable about spending it. Uh, for others, it's, it's leaving the money in cash. Mm-hmm. Why? Even though that's not a great financial decision, when money is invested, people feel like they shouldn't spend it because why? It's invested. So for some, leaving it in cash couple hundred thousand dollars in cash kind of encourages you to spend it. Why? Because it's just sitting there not earning any interest. You might as well spend it, right? So there's little strategies that we can use to help make sure that uh, we're accomplishing these things on your list. Okay. There is a long, long list here, Dad. How about you pick the last one before we move on to our next topic here? These are, again, the downsides of retirement that you may not be thinking about in advance. Okay. I'm going to pick this one that says plan for a long retirement hmm. plan to live a long time that's a good one that's a good one uh, i just talked to someone the other day yeah. i had my you know our standard projections in our plans <laughs> goes out to age 90 she looks at me i'm dead serious and she said, oh, i'm not living past 80. yeah and it's <laughs> like how do you know well mom and dad died at 80 and my brother died at 74. yeah but we've we've seen so many people that have the same story that are 90 years old and you know if you don't plan for that you're gonna run into trouble so it's almost like it's funny because a downside isn't that you would live a long time no the downside (laughs) is you're going to spend more money (laughs) yeah correct and then you got health care to face you know if you have a long-term care situation where you need home health care or you're going into assisted living or you're going into the nursing home uh, you know, where does that money come from? And it, is it in your budget that, yeah, I might live a long time, 
but the chances of me getting ill living a long time are higher because I'm living a long time. This, yeah. is why, this is why, you know, years ago, cancer rates used to be much lower. Well, why? Because people were dying at 65 and 68. Now people are dying at 95 and 100. 100 is not unusual anymore. Yeah. Well, I had a client said to me, I don't want to live to 90. And I said to her, why not? She, she says, well, maybe if I'm healthy. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's the sure, thing, right? Of course. So, so folks, yeah, you know, in your planning, that's a very simple one. You you project out longer, and you make sure that we've got that accounted for, and you've got to make sure you've got enough money saved up just to be on the safe side in case you live a long, healthy, active, enjoyable life. So those are some of the downsides that, and there's many more. And maybe we'll circle back to this on a future episode, but there's things that you know you don't always think about. In retirement, you focus off on A, but you forget about B, and these are things that might be worth, you know, identifying and thinking through a little bit sooner. And so you don't wind up at C or Z. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. So our second part of our show here today, and folks, if you have questions on that or we can help you in any way, shape, or form, give us a call at 847 499 Zero. Of course, if you're a current client, uh, we're always uh, welcoming of a review call or any questions or needs you might have. If you're not yet a client of ours, uh, everything starts with just a 15-minute introductory phone call to see how we might be able to help and what your top concerns and goals are. Uh, so again, give us a call or go to our website, sglfinancial.com, and click Contact Us. All right, so today on our second part of our show, we talked about, we're going to cover here, hold on, let me find it, uh, your risk tolerance and are you taking too much risk or being too much of a risk taker for your current age or lifestyle? Mm -hmm. That's a good intro there, so right? So in, in our business, uh, they, they give tests or we give tests and that's supposed to give our, a risk profile. Not a can't pass, can't fail. It just gives an answer. It gives an answer. And it says, oh, you you should take a 60-40 portfolio, which is 60% equities and 40% bonds and alternatives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And others give you a, uh, like, it depends. There's lots of these out there you can uh, take. Uh, a number. G give you a um, speed limit sign <laughs> with a number <laughs> on it, right? You're a 55 mile per hour, yeah. uh, which really just means you're a, a 55 stock 45 bonds. Exactly. Okay. But it's all designed to tell you in the spectrum of all stock versus 0% stock, how much do you want to have in stocks and equities? Yeah. So risk profile is really asking you this question. How much do you want to worry about your money? Mm-hmm. Right? So do you agree with that? Yeah. It, it's basically saying... Do you want to have big swings and volatility in, and really focus on aggressive growth? Because as you guys know, you can't get huge returns without taking any risk. And so risk is a primary driver of your long-term return to some level. Depends on your portfolio construction as well, but, but very, very high level, more risk equals usually, usually more return long-term. Yeah. Okay. So, so, Gabriel, how do I go about finding my risk profile because the tests really don't they're not me you know <laughs> they're just numbers and they can't interpret my emotions you know a test may say you know you should be comfortable driving at 92 miles an hour but when i get up to 80 you know so i'm scared stiff so well the test didn't work it, out there's two ways to look at this yeah there's 
what are you comfortable with and what you should what should you be doing <laughs> in other words i'm what are your goals I, i'm going to use your analogy here i'm comfortable in my car very comfortable it's <laughs> bad thing driving at 100 miles per hour down the highway not if there's lots of now not if there's lots of cars okay I, I'm, but I'm right behind if you if there if there were lots of cars should I be driving at 100 miles per hour, even if I was comfortable doing it? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and the answer to that is nope. No. Nope. Okay. And, and it's similar with your retirement. You may come into me and talk to me, and I, I'll ask you this question, you know, uh, sir, ma'am, you know, how, uh, how are you when it comes to your risk? Are you aggressive? Are you conservative? And almost undoubtedly, the, the, the husband looks at me and says, yeah, I'm pretty aggressive and the wife looks at me, yeah, honey, I don't like when you're taking all that much risk. <laughs> it's all, not to stereotype, but that's very common. But the question is, okay, let's say you're the aggressive uh, person. Should you be taking that much risk as you're entering into your retirement years? Mm. Okay. Yeah. And it's almost like uh, there's another example that's commonly given, which is climbing a mountain, right? Mm. So mm. they say that the ascent is not as dangerous as the descent. Yes. And you actually need to go slower and more carefully on the descent because of the additional danger that you face in going down. Love it. So okay. climbing the mountain, I accumulate my three million bucks and now I'm on the descent because now I have to spend it. Mm -hmm. And that is much more complicated and dangerous than just climbing up. Especially because there's a there's a closely held relationship between risk and spending that doesn't exist when you're in accumulation mode. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's there's called, you know what it's called. I'm going to test you today. There's a correlation between spending yep. and risk in retirement. Re in re in so retirement. Sequence of returns. Oh, oh see, I thought you said in accumulation mode. No, I said that's not there. <laughs> oh, that's not there. I, yeah. mi I missed that. And I'm saying, what does he know that I don't know? Oh, I mean, lots of I'm things. I'm supposed to know more <laughs> I mean, than I you because I'm older than you. <laughs> but that doesn't always work that way. Uh, yeah, sequence of return risk. Uh, so ask yourself this. If you have money in the market, and this is 2008, and you, let's say you had a million dollars, a million dollars in 2008, 13 months later, was worth $490,000. If you saw, if you have a million dollars in the market and turned to $490,000. At one point. At one point. It didn't stay down there for long. No, but let's say that happened today. The market's headed down, let's say it keeps going, and your million dollars is worth four ninety. Will you worry about your income and spending? Will you sleep <laughs> at night or will you freak out and say, oh, my God, what do I do now? Well, it's interesting you use that number because, you know, I have a client that just came on board with us. Now, it's it's not going to impact him because we've, we've bucketed out all of his money. Okay, we can circle back to that. It's one of the strategies. But, yeah, he, had a, he has a million dollars almost to the T, okay, and uh, his portfolio <laughs> went down. Um, at one point, I think it was 8%. And, and even at 8% down, so 920, right? He's looking at me like, is this going to throw me off? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So, yeah, obviously, if, you're, if your million goes to 500,000 right as you're about to retire or right as you're entering into retirement, that's, that's a massive. Or, or even massive. five years afterwards. Yeah, uh, that's a massive and shift. The, it's a massive shift. And the question is, is when that happens, and you lose your confidence and you don't sleep at night and you talk about it or you start cutting back your spending, then you've exceeded your risk profile. 
Right. Well, and there's two parts is, is even if you were in your mind comfortable with that, the numbers might tell you that it's not going to work out for you. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't, you can't lose that much of your funds while pulling out your income in retirement and survive it. That's the sequence of returns risk. It'll cause you to deplete far too soon, even if you were magically comfortable with that kind of volatility. And so the the first goal, folks, is figuring out, okay, where am I risk tolerance wise today? That's step one. Uh, not not how you feel about it. Where am I today in my portfolio? And there's oftentimes a big disconnect between people. Like I've seen many people that thought they were conservative that turned out to be aggressive. Um, people that thought they were more conservative because they were in a target date fund that was actually um, you know very different allocation than they thought it was. Uh, so there's all sorts of different uh, misalignments, right? Well, here's the question that nobody asks, and here's the thing that no many advisors don't talk about. So if you go to advisors, say, I got a million dollars, the advisor says, that's great, I'm going to build you a great portfolio. And you say, well, how much do you think I can make? And the guy says, I don't know, somewhere between 6 and 8%. And you say, oh, that's pretty good. But what you never talk about is, hey, if 2008 hits me, how much can I lose? What Can I lose 10%, 20%, 30%, 40%? How much will this portfolio lose in a year like 2008? And that's the real conversation. Yeah. So so our topic here, again, to re- is what is your risk? Are you comfortable with it? Uh, step one is knowing where you're at today. So you, you start by identifying what's in my portfolio, Okay. You take inventory of everything. Now, you can do that with us. We can run an analysis for you where we we type in all your holdings and your tickers, and we will be able to tell you instantly how much of your portfolio is equities versus bonds. That's part one. How much is really risky or speculative? What's your downside risk? This portfolio that you have today could go down 40% in the next 2008 type crash. And then we have to assess how do you feel about that? Okay, is that where you want it to be? Is it in alignment? And then could your plan even sustain that exactly. level of risk? Okay, so we, we have to mash all those together to come up with a determination of if that's a good fit for you and your planning. Now, Gabriel, you brought up bucket planning. Give a two-minute summary. I know we need to move on, but give a two-minute summary of how that mitigates risk and gives people a higher confidence level. Well, yeah, I will. And actually, if you know, if you've been following us at all or you've ever talked to us, you know we're, we're big, big fans of a strategy called bucket planning in retirement. And quite simple, it, it's almost a way, um, I call it this, a way to have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Okay, and why do I say that? Because what you're doing is very purposefully de-risking money you need in the short term. So you're, you're for the conservative uh, part of a family household, they're, they're very happy there, right? They're seeing that, okay, we're going to take money for the next five years or the next 10 years. We're going to de-risk that and, and have either no or very low risk or volatility for that portion of our money. And then the other part of the family member, that's the aggressive one, you know, says, hey, well, what about me? <laughs> and we say, no problem. We got you covered, right? Because in our 10-year buckets, in our 15-year buckets, in our 20-year buckets, guess what? We can take much more risk and be really aggressive and growth-oriented. Why? Because we have time on our side, mm-hmm. okay, which you don't have in the shorter-term years. 
And uh, like magic, everybody seems to really love this. And it does work so well, folks. And uh, it's, it's amazing how many people out there have never heard of this approach, don't have it implemented, don't understand it. We can help you noodle that through. Or hear about it very, in a very limited way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there is a way to take a lot of risk in the right place that will make you feel comfortable, even though you don't like losing money. You know that, hey, this is in my plan. It works. I got plenty of time to recoup the losses. And my income, I don't have to worry about my income tomorrow. Yep. Income's covered. Yeah. All right. So, guys, if, if you have questions on that, of course, call us 847-499-3330. Always happy to help uh, reconcile the risk and get you in alignment. Like, it's good. You know, every um, year or so when you get your car tuned up, you check if your wheels are in alignment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we got to check if your risk is in alignment uh, with your personal life car. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have to check if my body's in alignment. <laughs> My knee's your, not. My your, knee's not in alignment. Your body's you not this. in alignment. I know. All right. Well, it, let's do a, one minute of getting to know uh, the S and G here at SGL. Mm -hmm. So, oh, here we go. We've got uh, a few different uh, questions here that uh, producer Katie curated for us. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, producer Katie. And uh, I'll let. Uh, I'm going to give our esteemed Mr. S the opportunity to ask the first question. Okay. So. The question Katie said is, how many books do you read? I'm going to change that a little bit. What is the best book you've read? What are you reading now? Well, what am I? Okay, what books? <laughs> All right, if I you're not kids. reading anything. <laughs> so on. you're reading You're reading <laughs> stories. <laughs> uh, my last book, if you ask me the last book Moonlight I read. Moonlight Star Night, or what uh, is it called? Hold Star, on, it was... Uh, uh, um, Good Night Moon. You're reading Good Night Moon. Uh, uh, llama Llama something. Oh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, good. Yeah. So. All right. So I'll rephrase that. If you had time, what book would you pick today, or what kind of book? If you don't know a specific one, would you pick today to read? You know, I was. I always liked a good, um, like a crime mm. thriller. Yeah. So, like, who was the guy back then? Was it? It was more legal guy, I guess. Grisham. He was like a legal crime. Grisham, yep. Yeah, so I, I used to love going to Barnes and Noble and you know, when I had time and pick out that easy, new best easy reading. Yeah, best release, new release, uh yeah. bestseller and uh and just to kinda tune out, live a different world there. Uh, I like the Jack um is it Jack 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 Ryan? What is the uh Jack Ryan I think is a movie, you know. Is it Jack Ryan? Can you Google that real uh, quick, Katie you, producer? Hold on, we'll we'll the author. This. No, it's the it's the character of the books. I think it's a oh, uh, Tom Clancy. I think. Yeah, it. I just watched a yeah. I watched okay. a series. Yeah, on no, it. they got the TV show yeah. on it. So yeah. I read all the books, the Jack Ryan books. Jack I Ryan. like I like yeah. those. Yeah, those because it's good. all about like you know terrorists taking over the world and nuclear uh, threats, and he saves the day. And I don't know, it's kind of fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I enjoy that too. Yeah. yeah, so so those would be some of my <laughs> my top picks if I had. But no, I'm on Llama Llama right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. I uh, like yeah. Mama Llama. It's a good, it's a really cute book. Yeah, it is. Some yeah. of the kids, you know, some of the kids' books are really interesting because they're really very deep little in many ways. Little P? Yeah. P-E-A. <laughs> right. Exactly. Where they, uh, Little P, the, the trick is that uh, he only likes to eat vegetables and his dessert is candy and he does not want to eat it. He wants to eat uh, his vegetables this for one, dessert. This one, I, it must yes. be a new one because <laughs> I don't know that one. You know, after five kids, you think you know them all, but right. there's always new yes. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, how about you? Oh, uh, well, okay. So my current book is is uh, pretty heavy duty. It's 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 a it's a 
anthology. It's very thick. It's almost like 500 pages. And it's called Poems That Will Break Your Heart. And uh, I just got <laughs> really sad. Yeah, no, no, they're great, <laughs> but they're really, they're really great to read. Uh, great as in depressing? No, no. Well, some are. You know, poetry, even though it's depressing, there's something very beautiful in poetry, even though it's depressing or can be depressing. So the trick in poetry is how can you talk about something that's depressing and feel good about it in, in the words and the way it's said and everything? So, but these poems are just out of sight, and the guy that wrote it, um, I can't think of his name at the moment, uh, he analyzes the poems for you and tells you the background and where they came from and how they evolved. And that's even more interesting than the poems because each poem is built in a certain, you know, if it's a Russian poet, they're talking about the revolution or they're talking about, uh, you know, the oppression or something like that, where that all came from. So it's, it's quite interesting, it's quite long. And it's a slow read, so I just pick it up and read a piece here and there. But I love this book. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. 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 Well, that's um, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm not gonna rush out to buy that. <laughs> no, I don't think many people will. <laughs> if anyone wants a copy, let <laughs> me if know. If there is something polar opposite of Jack Ryan, terrorist, nuclear uh, annihilation, yeah. probably yeah. your love poem, uh, sad love poem anthology. Yeah. Poems that will break your heart. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, folks, is. we will. We want to do more of these. We're, we're out of time here for today. We'll do more on the next show. Yeah. But uh, thanks again for tuning in. We've uh, we've again love to have you join us. Uh, if you have questions, give us a call eight four seven four nine nine three 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 zero. Go to sglfinancial.com, Click contact us. And uh, on our next show, we're we've. I know we were supposed to do another listener question from last time too. We'll, we're going to get to that on our next one. So tune in, and we'll see you there. All right, folks, enjoy this beautiful weather. Stay well, and we'll see you soon. Bye now. Thanks for listening to Our Two Cents with Steve and Gabriel Lewitt. For any questions about your finances, give SGL a call at 847-499-3330 or visit us on the web at sglfinancial.com. And be sure to subscribe to join us on next week's episode. Investment advisory services are offered through SGL Financial LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance and other financial products are offered separately through individually licensed and appointed agents.